Hello and welcome to episode 89 of Slan Rat Radio. The Masters Builder continues and I am joined for my second Masters interview with Kev. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You okay? Surviving? I'm very well. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, no especially problem. this close to Christmas and in what's probably a busy time for most people. So yeah, thanks for finding, finding some time to squeeze me in. I'm stuck at work, so uh, <laughs> I'm, glad I can, I'm glad I can provide a distraction then in that case. But, <laughs> yeah, more than welcome on. And, um, I mean, thanks for coming on my podcast and not just, you know, hanging out in your little corner. Um, <laughs> uh, thanks for picking me. You picked me, so that's good. I, I, I said to, all the good people are gone. I, exactly. The, the best people have been picked. And I was like, who else is good on a podcast? And I, I'd had Ali on before. And obviously you, you have your own podcast. So I was like, well, those two will do it. And then Harista, who's since ignored me, so he's probably not coming on at this point. But um, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Um, yeah, so how are you? How are you feeling about Masters in what is it now? Three, three and a bit weeks. Yeah, the timelines are creeping up upon me and get me a little bit worried, but I'm excited for it. My second I guess one somehow. I guess you're almost doubly excited, right? In that a lot of people are thinking, "Oh yeah, points changes. Oh yeah, how that'll affect my army." Whereas you, you've got points changes for your beast herbs. And a, a whole new book for your KOE. Uh, I'm torn, to be honest. Like, I, I really want to take the new KOE, but the Beast Hairs I've been working on now for almost two years, and I'm so close to getting them finished that I feel like I just have to take them. And they're the army that got me there, mm. somehow. I mean, it's um, a shame they're such a rubbish book. <laughs> Everybody's telling me that. I'm beginning to see it now, to be honest. I- I tell anyone that listens that all I want is like half price centaurs and then and I'm good to go again. But yeah, <laughs> the V-Sids is like I could talk for a, a number of episodes about V-Sids because I absolutely love them as an army. And I'm glad that they are still liked in the UK meta despite the, the non English champs. And there's a lot of people that do sort of have time for them because I think they're a wonderful army of a great play style. But yeah, just in a tricky spot at the minute. They've got some really good things though, to be fair. So yeah. I think it did. nice choice, nice choice of two armies. Yeah, definitely. It's a perfect time for us. I mean, KOE, we've been waiting forever for an update. So uh, it's almost oh, like we're still using so nice to get a new book. <laughs> <laughs> I'll push that about in eight for like six years or so. So yeah, <laughs> yeah they, is, they always uh, seem to be delayed on the update, don't they, compared to everyone else? But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that KOE book goes. But yeah, see. You mentioned the Beast Herds got you to the Masters. So let's have a little look at your, your 2021 in review. And we'll start with we'll start with your tournament. And your qualification for Masters was was you were the second person to qualify. Um winning the Scottish Champs yeah. back in March, I think it was, which was the EB yeah. event. And the winners of the Scottish, the English and the Welsh Championships also qualify. So you picked up a big a big win, Scottish Champs, with your Beast Herds. Do you wanna do you want to chat a bit about your list and how you found that event and how that maybe changed your plans for trying to qualify for the rest of the year? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because the event was 5K, that really changed it, I think. And suddenly there was like a viable Beast Herds list where you could take two Gortarks and three Cyclops and a Mino Warlord and stuff. Nice. Um, <laughs> day, a Chariot guy. Uh, so, yeah, you can fit quite a lot in, a lot of good stuff anyway. And then how did you, how did you find the triple cyclops? Um, 
underwhelming and overwhelming at times. Like the shooting is very literally hit or miss. Sometimes it'd be great, other times it'll do nothing. But then when you get them in combat as well, they just surprise you. Yeah. Like they'll just take things off that you weren't expecting, or they can just really tar pit stuff as well with the five up ages. It just takes a little bit of swing. And suddenly yeah. they're there just stomping all over infantry. Yeah, so, uh, I, I keep every time I do lists, I I think you've got to go trouble or none. But they are, yeah. as you said, they are I mean literally and and I guess. <laughs> And I guess looking at them generally, they are very hit and miss in that, you know, as an example, if you're playing a Chaos Lord on a Chimera of the Four Ward, they can drop him almost straight away or he can run through your army. And it's like, I, I always found the 18 in short range on them to be the almost the sticking point in that you want to be in short range. If you're in short range, you're probably in range to be charged. Um, yeah. So if they went up to 2448, I'd be much more tempted, I think. But Interesting list. Yeah, it was a it was a very good list to push about. I'm not really I'm not used to Cyclops before, so that was like my first time using them, mm. and I was yeah surprisingly impressed. And the Gortarks are always good fun. Did you find qualifying for Masters so early on in the year sort of changed your your plans for tournaments for the rest of the year, or or did it not really affect anything? I mean, yes and no. I, I would never aim to qualify for the Masters anyway. I'm not good enough. <laughs> Um, but because I did that, I didn't really bother that much attending other tournaments, especially UB ones after that. I was like, I've had enough of UB. Mm. So uh, I knocked them on the head. And then, yeah, I wasn't, I've had a pretty busy year, so I wasn't able to go to that many tournaments because we just moved house. So that was also very difficult timing for me. So it was very fortunate that I qualified in March for, because uh, the Scottish Championships. So when I got, went to Froome, that was fun. Uh, I was able to take the B-Says of that, and then I did a one-dayer, and then Tech with a KOE. That was it. So, yeah, it's been a pretty uh, tough year. I've not done as many tournaments as I'd like to do. but and a, a nice, quiet year, relaxing year. Yeah, it was, actually. <laughs> Especially after was winning it? the uh, Scottish Championships. Like, I didn't do anything then, basically, for months. Still, so that was quite nice. Still, like, five tournaments, though, between, like, Masters, Scottish Champs, Frome, Frome. Um, yeah. English champs in that one there, so still, still coming at five, still pretty good going. I know people have have done less than that, so yeah. Well, it's interesting to hear, like, as someone who also auto qualified quite early in the year, it did impact sort of how which tournaments I looked at in terms of UB tournaments, and yeah, I felt less pressure to sort of go to random events during the year as well. So it's good to know it's not just me that sort of felt that easing of pressure, but um, yeah. Cool. Did you do any of the UB tournaments after the Masters? Great, great question. I've not actually looked at my own record. I think I did. I Scottish Champs, I can't remember. The Vito event, I definitely did. Wandering Wizards, I didn't. I can't remember any of the others. I, I don't think yeah, I did yeah. do Scottish Champs. I think it was just one uh, underdog brawl, the Vito event. I think that was the only one. Yeah, the UB events are uh, quite draining, even though it's over a long period of time. I just find yeah. us all end up thinking about. Oh, yeah, especially the both the Masters and the Vito event were a lot to think about. Um, like the Vito event, there was always three stages to it because it was Vito, then list, then game. Um, and yeah, and yeah, Masters was, was a lot, but it was a really good event. So, yeah, great. So, you mentioned earlier on as well um, that you weren't good enough to go to the Masters. However, it's not your first one coming up. I know. 
specific one. I don't know. Second one. How did you find your first ever Masters last year? I was very proud of myself. I came 11th or 10th, I think, which is much better than I was expecting, which was like not bottom. As long as I came 15th, I was happy. Yeah. Um, so, no, I think I did all right with two wins, two big losses and like two draws or something. How did, so, you, find yeah. the event? How did you find the event generally? Because it is... As someone who's played in Masters for a number of years, it is such a different event to just a random Swiss event. Yeah, well, there's no easy games, is it, at all? I mean, and this isn't normally in ninth age, but then when you get a lot of tanker round one, and then Ed and who else did I get? Mikey battered me in the army swaps. So that was fun. I remember watching um, that. One. that, that was, I, I watched that. That was a fun game to watch. <laughs> it was painful to play. Absolutely horrific. <laughs> the, the, um, Mikey's already said he wants me in the army swap because he knows VC for me. I've just got a mental block on them. I do not understand VC, and he, I'm like, that's the one army. I don't care how powerful it is. I do not want it. So I, yeah, it's got synergies that I'm not used to, and I, I wouldn't want to touch it. So I did feel bad for you getting the VC in the army swap. Yeah, I can't, I can't work it out. I don't know how much they crumble or, you know, how long a unit can hold for. Turns out they can't hold it all against the big Mino star. So, uh, yeah. lesson learned there. <laughs> but you can't get out of the way of it because you're so slow. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a horrible matchup for me, that one. Um, but, yeah, it was good. Uh, I remember playing Marcus on the live stream. So, that was a good, good game. That was fun. The usual chaos of Marcus, just making the most confusing board stakes possible. Yeah, absolutely. Fucking <laughs> yeah, running me over. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully you're looking forward to your second Masters. And, and Masters in person, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's like a little community of 16 of you. And yeah, it's, um, hopefully you'll enjoy it. An in-person Masters just as much as you enjoyed your, your UB experience. I find tabletop so different to UB as well. So I didn't expect from playing UB all those years. But then I'm back on a tabletop and I just don't see like angles and flank charges and stuff or, you know, yeah. just, on UB, you get the overview, you can see it all on the tabletop, just so different. Yeah. So I really need to get better at that. Yeah, I, it was it was fun going back to tech and trying to remember how to play on a tabletop properly. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a tabletop one. So, yeah, should be good fun. I need a ladder so I can climb above the table and see from above. <laughs> and like a, a laser pointer that's in the shape of the outline that you get on UB with the crosses. Oh, absolutely. They, they <laughs> surely better. exist somewhere, right? Like, that, that's not new. <laughs> I, I remember I remember going to, this is a really random tangent. I remember going to Turkey as a child and they used to sell laser pointers with different screw-on ends. And so you could get like a shape of like a, a bird or something or, or like a crosshair or just a dot. And uh, so surely some wargaming com uh, company must be able to make laser pointers with different screw on ends for like Arcosite or or something. I don't know. But that would be good. You need yeah, like virtual reality or something so you can put a goggle <laughs> on and see what the arts. I'd love that. Yeah, the, uh, what are the Google, yeah, Google glasses. Just put yeah. that on. <laughs> anyway, um, so looking back a bit more at, at 2021, um, one thing I, I actually forgot to ask you this at the start, this was meant to be the opening question, so apologies for, for jumping around in the chronological order. How did you get to this point in your wargaming journey? So, you know, were you taken into Games Workshop kicking and screaming as a child or were you donated some toys by a friend? How did you 
find yourself in, in this hobby? So it was Hero Quest back in, must have been the early 90s. Before your time, Craig, I'm sure. I was around in the early 90s, but only just. I was <laughs> waddling around in nappies. <laughs> but yeah, I remember an advert for Hero Quest on telly and just like being, oh, it looks amazing, get me that. And then, yeah, got that and that was it. I was hooked to a like fantasy you know, era in general. So uh, that was how I got started. And then like a game called Advanced Hero Quest came out, which was just a big ploy by GW to make you buy all their skating models. <laughs> Smart. So yeah, that, that sort of got me started buying loads of skating stuff. Going to because I think like Debenhams in Northampton, where I was at the time, they had a mini like mini games workshop store in the in the Debenhams in the basement. Nice. That's where I used to get my model from. I, I so, like yeah. it in the basement as well, that classic games workshop venue. <laughs> Absolutely, that's where it belongs. Get yeah. down there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, before I knew it, I had like a mini Skaven army for within fourth edition fantasy. I started playing that with some guys from school. And then, uh, yeah, got hooked in from there, really. Only stopped playing in the early noughties when I went to university and thought I was too cool for that. But it sucks you back in like it does everyone, I think. This is a common thing. I kept playing when I went to university and everyone I talked to stopped university. I feel like I missed a trick or something. But, um, no, it was firmly no you did the sensible thing. You enjoyed it. I was <laughs> pretending I didn't. Every now and then looking on the Games Workshop website and being, oh my God, they brought out Tomb Kings. Oh, they look good. And then, oh, it's Ogres as well. What the fuck? I remember so, that yeah. really. But, so you really only mentioned fantasy there in Skaven. And I guess two questions. One is, do you still have Skaven and would they ever tempt you back? Um, and the second question is, did you only ever really dabble in the fantasy side or did you ever look at 40k or any non-Games Workshop games? So... I recently sold my Skaven, all my old 5th edition metal stuff. It's all gone now, a bit older than 5th, that must have been like 3rd edition. Um, I sold all that recently, just because I never used it. I was never tempted to get them back out. It was all the monoposed clan rats, the big fat guys with the shields and sword. Love it. And it's like, yeah, the, the badly painted by like 12-year-old me. So uh, I flogged all them. Uh, so I'm not getting back in the Skaven. There's no way I could face painting that many fucking clam rats now, especially with a new army book. <laughs> I, I've, I've done one 4,500 lists in the new Vermintone book, and I, I probably wouldn't touch them at any time soon. So. <laughs> um, and then 40k, I played like a bit of second edition back in the 90s. Uh, I've had a mini Imperial Guard army. I've, uh, I've now got a 40k Orc army. Um, which, and I've been to a couple of 40k tournaments, but it's not really, I've not really enjoyed them at all. Okay. Because I go for the fun and, you know, I've got this, my old army's lovely painted as well. So I go there just to show them off and uh, do stupid things with bubble chuckers and whatnot, because it's just hilarious. And then, uh, yeah, people turn up with fucking six knights or whatever and just take you off the table. And I don't find that particularly enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do get what you mean. Like 40k has some wonderful narrative army building behind it like i love the corn's ghost books i would love to do an imperial guard army but then i know that yeah i know that there was a leaf blower army that was doing the rounds a while ago but i've also seen photos of of tournaments where as you said it's like the six nights or like people yeah I, there is a difference between narrative and competitive gaming and i think that's more stark in the, the games workshop universe than it is on ninth like you can still do a narrative army build in ninth and it, it can still compete because that's sort of how the game has been written so yeah. Yeah. So I play like 40k with my mates and stuff as well. But the problem is they're changing edition so 
quickly now, it seems, anyway, that I just can't keep up. And I'm not buying like a new rule book when I'm only going to play a handful of games a year. Yeah. Um, I play some Necromunda as well. And that's quite a good game. Yeah. Sweet. Thank you so much. And I, I said sorry for jumping around chronologically, but if we, oh, if we, catch, right. <laughs> we catch up to the modern day, um, a few questions about your 2021 um, tournament or, or wargaming in general. It doesn't have to be tournament related, but um, what was your standout model of the year in terms of how it performed? It might have overperformed from what you thought, or it might have just been as just as solid as you knew it was going to be. And I have a suspicion as to what you're going to say on this one, but. Well, it's the Mino Warlord, isn't it? He's uh, <laughs> absolutely astounding. Yeah, you know, flabbergasted sure. the people online are like, oh, minor warlords are shit. They're too, I, I, too expensive. I do enjoy how, if you, to the, the sort of three Beastro players that I would name off the top of my head, and myself, you, and, uh, and Jeff, Jeff would be saying his soothsayer chariot, you'll say minor warlord, but I'd probably come up with some centaur rubbish. You know? There very much <laughs> is a, a difference between what we each prefer in that book. But what was your what was your failure piece of the year? The piece that you put in the list was like, oh, yeah, this could be some some real stealth filth and then it actually just absolutely flopped. The things I've been most disappointed with are the Lone Razor Tusks. I've always thought they're really good chaff because they're res five, three wounds, they're going to be good. And then they're just not because they're not quick enough and they panic mm. off. So like when I've taken units to six of them as well, I've been so disappointed. You think like stats-wise, they're going to be awesome. They're just going to run over everything. Yeah. They just run away. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've looked at that Razor's list ever since it's been around. From I mean, that the Pillages and, and Razor list has been around for years, but there's a reason that it only comes out every now and then, and it has to be you know paired for really carefully in, in team events and singles events. I mean, no no rerolls on hits, wounds, awful leadership. Yeah, it's it. They're, they are a tricky unit, and I think they're just a bit lost at the minute, but. Especially it's the, so easy, like if someone gets around the flank of them or whatever, yeah, you can't turn around quickly enough, just get outmaneuvered. And the beta list has some wonderful traffic in it, like gargoyles are just so good. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's hard to justify them. So yeah, I can I can certainly see that. Um, what was the best? You, you mentioned painting quite a lot. What was the best model that you painted or converted um, during twenty twenty one? Um, my raiding chariots. I'm very happy with them. They're quite they're heavily converted, I suppose, because they're like the not gore grunters, the you know, like feral orc boar boys. Yeah, um, it's their boars on the old GW chariots with um, what are they called like barbarian models they have for some games workshop skirmish game. Oh, okay, yeah, Warcry is it? Yeah, it's something like that. There's like some big beefy barbarians, loads of furs on. And I've yeah. converted them into beast men with like longhorn stuff. So there's a bit of a chopping up and green stuff in. Um, but yeah, I've painted them up quite nicely too. Look all right. When, when you say the old green stuff in, like, when you say the old chariot, the old beast head chariot. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Just the chassis of it. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. I, the I problem love is this. like Sorry, go on. the old pigs that came with it are absolutely tiny. Look ridiculous now, um, but then when you put the new pigs on it, they're just like at an angle up like that. So you have to build the yeah. base up a bit. <laughs> so yeah, they, level. Those new pigs, they are really really nice. They are quite big. I use them as razor tusks um, for my beast heads because they are 
about the same well a slightly smaller than the metal raised us but yeah really cool models but nice i'll keep an eye out for them if you bring your beast heads to um to the masters yeah what was your what was your favorite moment tournament or wargaming wise or, or you know whenever to do with warhammer uh, what was your favorite moment of the year of the year oh i did enjoy my uh masters game against marcus that was a good one and the Mino Law battered the Omen in combat. That was uh, that was pretty fun. I did enjoy that. Yeah. But I get uh, my favouriteest game was probably against Rory in the Scottish Championships because he had an whole army of nothing but Saurian warriors, and I had like six monsters just stomping all over Saurian warriors. That was pretty fun. I did enjoy that immensely. I don't think That's... Rory did. Yeah. <laughs> but I, was like, I couldn't ask for a better matchup. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's odd when you get sort of those quite um, polarized matchups of like infantry versus monsters or shooting versus combat, and quite often they can cause quite memorable games. But yeah, nice. Um, and then sort of the last the last question based around the past or the current, which say is why do you currently play the armies you do? So why why for you? Why do you play KOE and why do you play Beasts? KOE are well simply because I so what got the fifth edition box set. I think was Lizardmen and Bretonians. My mate took the Lizardmen and I kept the Bretonians and I painted all them up. And then when I got back into Warhammer in like 2010, it must have been, I, there was a, uh, what's it called? Like a, a, not a tournament, a campaign weekend. The Games Workshop running over at uh, the headquarters. So I used that as a, uh, like, impetus to get my army painted and ready for that so that's why basically i got back into plutonians and then i just spent so long painting them up that's all I ever used in eight and then i'll start getting a warriors army just as the end times happens so that was quite sad because like mm. what am i gonna do with that and then um i got i was pretty much went straight to ninth age i think straight after the end times and ninth age kicked off i started playing that right away so then it was warriors just because Whenever I used my Bretonians or KOE and I came against Warriors, they would just beat the absolute shit out of me. So, like, if you've got to beat them, join them. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> I'm wearing some plate mail. Um, so, yeah, that's why I got into them. And I did enjoy them. But then I realised I can't make armour saves. doesn't matter how good an armour save I have, I will roll a one. So I thought, let's get an army that doesn't have any armour saves. And... Uh, Beast like, fine, I enjoy the combat phase. It's probably my most favourite phase of the whole game. So I want an army that likes to have a fight. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Beast says seemed uh, quite quite different from my other two armies in that they haven't got any armour, really. And they've got chariots, and they don't have chariots and stuff. So, uh, yeah, they were different enough, I thought, to warrant using them. And I hate elves, so I'll never use elves. Fair. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> and it, with the KOE, obviously, with the new book, do you... You've mentioned that you're, you, I mean, your carry is all games which are models at the minute, right? Yeah. How how might you expand your KOE with a new book? And obviously the fact that games which are no longer produce Bretonians. I have a lot of Bretonians left over, though. <laughs> I've got an awful lot. So I ain't okay, going to run out okay, of okay, nights okay, anytime fine. soon. No, just <laughs> well, I suppose there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of like new additions to the book that I won't have models for, like all the phase stuff. Yeah. So I'll be looking at what I could get 3D printed, maybe, or what other 
companies, other sporting companies are going to produce. That's one of the good things about the ninth age. There's so many sporting companies and different models out there that you're not sure of, you know, options. I'd say there's always something out there you can use. Um, so yeah, um, quite quite happy to go and branch outside of GW. Um, I'm trying to think. I mustn't. No, yeah, Mother Tony's is all games workshop. Not intentionally. That's just sort of the way it is ended up because I just had yeah. so much of it bought. Nice. And then let's finish with two questions about this year's Masters on the horizon. I'm not going to try and pry for any information about what you might or might not bring or any sneaky plans in the making, but two questions to, to, to wrap up. The first is, who do you want to dodge at this year's Masters? And the second question is, it might be the same answer, so I'll ask him at the same time. The second question is, who do you think will win this year's Masters? Who do I want to dodge? Um, well, I guess anyone playing ID or Dread Elves. So I'm guessing Jake will probably be on the ID, but he might take his KOE. Don't know if anyone will take Dread Elves. I'm not sure. I'm not particularly enjoying playing against them at the moment. I find they're just quicker than Beasters and punch harder than Beasters. Um, yeah. yeah, don't want to play yourself either, Craig, I'm afraid. Cheers, mate. I ain't got time for shenanigans. <laughs> hey, I you never know. I might bring a really boring three block list and just push it in straight lines. That'd be great. Yes. <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> um who do I think's gonna win it? I don't know. It depends what armies people are taking. I mean people have said that ID are very strong, and I do agree, but I'm not sure they're capable of winning it. I still think Warriors are very good. Although the update will see how much that changes. I'd, yeah. My money's still on Warriors. I think they're still going to be one of the best armies when pushed about by good players. They're absolutely insane. Interesting. I, I agree that without knowing the armies, it is quite tricky. And that a lot of people over the years have backed Tanker for the Masters and then he shows up with EG KOE last year. So, <laughs> um, yeah, interesting to see what what he brings if he's on the Warriors or... I mean, there's lots of good players there who I doubt I've ever beaten. I don't know if I've ever beaten you or Tanker or Mikey. Um, I have beaten Jake once. But yeah, there's quite a few there who I would struggle to beat. Uh, well, oh yeah. Let's let's see when the lists are out. Let's see what... I mean, you <laughs> might update your predictions after that, I guess. But um, yeah, thank you so much for, for joining me for, for a quick chat and revealing your warhammer journey and hey well there is actually one more question this is how disorganized i've been tonight i've been jumping all Go on. I do, i've got it in a notepad in order and yet i'm struggling tonight I'm gonna, blame, I'm gonna blame the covid it's nothing to do that it's just it's just me being disorganized <laughs> what what are your plans for 2022 beyond the masters have you got you said you, your b-sets might be coming to an end of the painting are you planning on just playing with them or you planning on looking at new armies or updating your KOE? What are your plans for 2022? I'm really torn because when the beast hairs are done, I want to be using them so I can win some best painted trophies at least. Try and get them out and show people. But then, yeah, I do actually want to play with the KOE. I want to try the new book out and see what it's like because I think I, I can't gauge from reading a book and I, I can come up with lists. Well, I don't know if it's any good until I get out on the table. So it'll probably be a mixture of both. Obviously, I'm going to the ETC in the summer as well with Scotland. So I'm going to have to start practicing for that and 
I don't think I've decided what I'll be taking yet. So it depends what I'm told after take. Cool. It's quite an exciting yeah. year though with the two books and sort of being invigorated to play both. I think, yeah, hopefully a fun year ahead for you. Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be uh, lots of games getting played at least. My painting table is going to be torn between uh, Knights or Beastmen. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a good, good job they're roughly the same colour scheme, right? <laughs> yeah, I could ask for two more different <laughs> colour schemes there. And, uh, oh. and on that note, Thank you so much for joining, Kevin. I will see you in, in three weeks at Masters. Yes, I'll see you too. I look forward to it. Should be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. And, and have a good Christmas if I don't speak to you before then. Oh, you too. And I hope everyone else at home does. Yeah. Avoid and, COVID. Yeah, exactly. And, and anyone that's listening, thank you so much for listening. And, uh, and have a wonderful Christmas if I don't release an episode on Christmas Day. I don't know if I'm going to. So... I'm not those guys. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you again, Kev, for joining, and thank you for those listening at home.